0: Welcome to the Hard to Kill podcast, the official podcast of the Hard to Kill program, the world's leading program for driven individuals looking to gain direction and momentum, where we aim to break down the complex, multifaceted and holistic factors of human performance and optimization. Both on the program and on this podcast, we will be discussing and excavating everything pertaining to psychological resilience, physical robustness and leading by example with discipline and tenacity to create a culture of winning, especially in the turbulent, frenetic and high. Tempo world of the ambitious individual. This is Mark, the creator, senior DS, and head coach of the Heart of programme. Let's get stuck straight into it. So in this episode of the Hard Skill podcast, we're going to be discussing the topic of toxic productivity. Okay, so let's get stuck straight in. Well, what is it? The reality is toxic productivity goes by multiple different names. But our definition of it is that it's this obsession and this compulsion and this reflexive belief system that you must always be striving to be productive. That everything must have an end goal. If you're going to be reading a book, it should be a self-development book. It should be a new age thing. Thinking book. It should be arming it and equipping us with new information. If you're going to the gym, it should be conducive with an end goal. It should be making us fitter in any different way, shape, or form. And actually, this session just tends to be a way in which to test yourself. Oh, I'm going to try and run a 5K PB. I'm going to try and deadlift a PB. It's this obsessive compulsion. Again, it's this reflexive belief system that we have to be being productive, that we must do more, and that everything must be centered around these external inflated metrics of success, whether that's providing for our family whether that's getting fitter, stronger, healthier, whether that's earning more money, satisfying the boss, completing the job ahead of schedule. It's again, as the name suggests, toxic levels of productivity. And it is specifically prolific in ambitious individuals, in people who are aspiring to be the greatest versions of themselves, and specifically in those who are on some kind of transformational journey. So what we mean by transformational journey is in the holistic sense, not just those people that are doing a get-rip-quick scheme and looking to get abs for their summer in Ibiza. We're looking at transformation transformational transformational in the most holistic sense of the word so that you're in a pipeline journey to change, improve, upgrade and upskill um, your abilities and yourself as an individual. So that's a very high contour overarching theme of toxic productivity. And if you're listening to this, I would hazard a guess that this either applies to you or you definitely have subscribed to it in the past. You may be going down that slope as we currently speak or you know someone who this strongly identifies to. So In every single one of those scenarios, you're gonna take an extraordinary amount of value, of peace, of clarity and confidence away from this episode of the podcast, okay? Now, where does it come from? Where does this toxic productivity? Where does this concept of being a human doing actually originate from? Well, it's really important I go on record as saying that no, I'm not a therapist. No, I'm not a psychotherapist or a clinical psychologist or any of those things. But in my personal opinion, if you want to improve humans to the nth degree, if you want to deliver a holistic approach that allows humans to become the most fulfilled, robust, resilient, confident, and successful versions of themselves, it is no longer adequate for you to just be a one-trick pony and just be good in one field. Unless you're hired in a professional setting just to be a strength and conditioning coach or just to be a psychologist and a sports psychotherapist, you need to have a degree of study and of background experience and understanding of all these different facets and how they interrelate and just have a degree of awareness because just observation, just giving someone um, the acknowledgement and hearing where they're coming from is often enough to make them feel hugely uh, better, I suppose, for a better phrase. Um, not better in the sense of fix the problem, but actually making them feel affiliated, making them feel heard, and giving them hope and aspiration and strategies of how we can look to improve that person as an individual. So I want to I give that as a bit of a caveat before we get into this. But from my understanding of the study and the research that I've done and through conversations over the years of therapy that I've had uh, and with therapists that I've worked with, and also through my own ongoing study in the fields of NLP and CBT, it tends to originate from childhood, okay? And we see this an enormous amount with individuals who applied to join the Hard to Kill program, their parents are often described as, you know, the hardest workers in the room, real, just true grit and determination. And this is largely a generational thing. If we're to rewind like 30 to 50 years, the generational belief that the societal um, belief system was that the only way to be successful via the definitions of success at the time were good, honest, hardworking person. And if someone was wealthy through means other than that, they were largely associated with being dishonest, disingenuous, they were a fucking drug dealer, or they were a wrong and they're up to no good simply <laughs> because they might have just leveraged their brain, thought slightly differently and made different decisions and had more opportunities. So we tend to kind of associate working really hard, every hour God send us being good, being salt of the earth, being trustworthy and reliable. So on an unconscious level, is it any wonder why we tend to very easily subscribe to this belief system that we must work, we must be productive at all hours? Now you take that, which is you know quite implanted from a very young age, and it's not necessarily going to be obvious. It's not going to be your dad sitting down with you when you're three and be like, well, son, time to go fucking work. But it's just being surrounded by uh, the subconscious communications of those standards, of those morals, of those values that obviously kind of uh, are absorbed within us. You know, humans don't often learn by listening. We tend to learn by observing, by mirroring, and that's how social learning theory works. So we have this within us, this belief system. And then that tends to, in the modern era, in in the time in which you and I are speaking, it's perpetuated, it's exacerbated, it's repeated upon us by social media. Now, what you have to really take the consideration is that specifically Instagram, but social media as a, as a whole is a highlight reel. And if you're seeing something, it's because somebody specifically wants you to see that. They have invested time, energy, bandwidth, and sometimes even capital in you seeing that. It's in their interest for you to see that. And that's based on their own identity. So how they see themselves and how they would like the world around them to see them. So you know, it, you don't see 24/7. You know, I often get messages through social media, it looks like this is going really well. Are you doing that? And it's like Okay, you know, you're seeing a small percentage and a small proportion. Maybe you don't want to see any more than that, but it's not the truth. It's not the reality. Again, the same when we look at athletes who are winning gold medals and, and, and doing immense things, we don't see the years of hard work and sweat and toil and failures and setbacks that are all contributing to that. So understand if you're looking on social media and you get a perspective that this person is is omnipresent, they're always working, they're always grinding, they're always grafting, they're always getting stuck into it. Well, you know you can read into that as much as you want. It may well be that that's what they want you to see, or it may well be they actually suffer with toxic productivity themselves. And that is how they sue themselves. That's how they sue their insecurities. That's how they validate themselves and get approval is by showing you exclusively that. I often get feedback that it feels like I'm doing everything. I'm always I'm all places at all times. But for me, that's actually because you don't often see that much of my downtime. And I'm very, very meticulous with my rest ethic with having white space in my diary that allows me to decompress to re energize because I acknowledge I must serve myself first. In order to be a good leader, there are times when you have to serve to lead. But generally speaking, irrespective of a leader to a family unit, whether you're a leader to people who work for you work alongside you, it doesn't matter if your energy is breakpoint, then you're going to become a burden, you know, you're going to Become a liability as opposed to being an asset. So, you know, do you understand that Instagram it, it is a highlight reel, all social media are, Inst- are a highlight reel. Now, what does it feel like? So we, we've, we've quickly took, uh, covered like kind of what is um, toxic productivity? Where does it originate from? Now, what does it actually present as? What does it feel like? And I feel like I'm uniquely qualified to, to discuss this, A, because I've experienced it myself in years gone by, and B, because I've helped hundreds of people, quite literally hundreds of people inside the hard to kill program, identify this, work on this, connect the dots and get to a place where they have a robust rest ethic, which allows them to A, be more productive and effective, but also to have a, a higher quality more fulfilling and enjoyable life. So what we tend to observe is an individual just feel like they're not doing enough. They feel like they're not going all in, there's more they could be doing. So you know, even if they're prolifically successful at work, even if they are doing great things and physically they are in good shape, they always feel like there could be more that could be done, that they could be doing things better, they could be optimizing. And they often think of solutions like, okay, well, I'll just get up a little bit earlier, that'll allow me to fit more in, even though they know they're not getting adequate sleep already, they just feel like they're not doing enough. And when you start to get into that, that's Spiral, it is a bit of a slippery slope because life tends to speed up. So, again, begins to feel like you just can't slow down. You know, you say, okay, I really need some time off. I'm fucking exhausted. I'm really knackered. And you kind of intrinsically, your wisdom knows that that you need to slow down, that you want time off. But then immediately you'll be met with these unconscious thoughts of, well, I can't because I've got to do that. And at the weekend, I'm doing that and that and that. And I said, I do that for that person. So, that means I haven't got time to do that. So, what I'll do is I'll do that and I'll do that. And the The thinking just gets faster and faster. The pace of life just gets faster and faster. But unfortunately, it's not congruent with enhanced productivity or enhanced happiness. As a result of this, because the productivity doesn't increase often, in fact, every single time productivity would largely go down, you begin to self-deprecate. So in an eight-hour working day, for an example, if you were to work in concise, deep disciplined, potent 90-minute work blocks with, with, with small uh, breaks in between where you go outside, get some fresh air, fix your gaze on the horizon, which is you know scientifically proven to enhance uh, relaxation and therefore improve work capacity and work effectiveness in the next work block. If you were to be doing those things, you'd get an enormous amount of work done. The, the key core ingredient there is that you're resting frequently and you're having periodic rest breaks and you're working potently with intent. If you don't have that rest ethic, if you have this toxic productivity, then the reality is you'll just feel like you need to work more because the quality, potency of your work is going to be very, 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 very poor. And that doesn't mean your outcomes and your outputs aren't there. It doesn't mean it's not a personal attack on you. It's saying all the science and all the evidence now shows us the levels of distraction and how, how difficult it is to be productive when you're essentially sleep deprived. And, and the, the fact the brain works in ultradian rhythm. So we have these 90 minute blocks where we're able to, to work through being really productive and very effective. But then we need to rest and we need to pull away from that. So because your productivity has gone down, you feel your inherent solution because you've got a toxic productivity as to work longer, you're working longer, but still not getting enough work done. So you feel like I need to work even longer still. And that obviously ties into life getting faster, feeling like you're not doing enough and that life won't slow down. Now, as a result, if I'm to future pace you, if you're currently at this point, or you've observed it in the past, or you know other people, if I'm to future pace you, what will happen to this individual is their relationships will start to suffer, because they're not going to be present when they're at home, because their mind is still thinking about work and what needs done, and do they need to be up early in the morning, and can they do more? So, their relationships with their wife, with their children, tend to suffer because the first thing that tends to get kicked out of the door when there's not enough time in the day, seemingly not enough time in the day, and thoughts are very fast, is training and self care. Training becomes more haphazard. Um, you're often not inspired enough by it, you're often not energized enough to do it. So, it becomes very easy to start skipping that. You know, self care in terms of good sleep, in terms of journeying or breath work, or any of those practices that are integral to a rest ethic and slowing down, they all get kicked to the fucking curb. So you know, we become less capable and less able to have meaningful interactions um, to become emotionally aware and emotionally intelligent and connect with other humans. We just don't have the patience because we're using all our energy and our bandwidth to just survive. We're not able to actually give to others. And again, if I refer this back to leadership, it's terrible leadership, and that's not to disrespect anybody It's simply to say you've got to take responsibility for the fact that you have cultivated this through the decisions that you've made, and the beliefs that you've cho- chosen to subscribe to you have cultivated this. So a degree of vulnerability is required to say, right, I accept that. I can take responsibility for this. I don't just do any more. I actually just need to, to learn how to do less better. And when you're in this situation, work and problems are just going to seem to pile up. So you've got your nose to the grindstone, you've battened down the hatches, you're working every hour, God send, your relationships are suffering, and then other things are going to start piling up. Because you've been blinkered, because you've been distracting yourself, because a form of procrastination and avoidance is just distraction, going really hard on work or training, wherever it may be, other things will start to happen that wouldn't have happened if you'd been paying attention and if you'd been present in other areas of your life maybe you have a domestic with a wife or husband maybe the car breaks down when actually it needed service in four weeks ago but you told yourself you're too, too busy and you're too much on at work and you didn't have time to do that maybe the washing machine breaks down and again the same is true it's actually leaking for the past two months but you did nothing about it because you were too busy you know there are all these things that happen and we tend to believe it, it's just happening to us and that life's got it out for us and for fuck's sake I don't have time for this I can't handle this I'm so much fucking stress and it's all being piled on me, whereas actually, you know, the, the system, you as a complex adaptive system have been decrementally decreasing for a period of months. It's just this one thing that's taken you over the point of total catastrophic failure. And now, because humans like stories, we like to attach an emotion to that and say, well, that was it. That was the thing that broke the cameras back. And I was working really hard and I was doing all the right things. And actually, if we zoom out and we're really honest here, we can say, well, no, this is a case of toxic productivity. The individual um, were distracting themselves. They were going all in, working every single hour that God sends. As a result, they were not dealing with things. They were avoiding it ignoring and enduring in the hope that things are just going to get better when in fact it was a definition of insanity they were doing the same thing harder and hoping to get an outcome from something they know already hadn't worked now when you're in this place and again i have been here sometimes you're actually thankful when you get ill sometimes you're actually grateful when you get injured and that might seem really bizarre and counterintuitive and counter like not obvious for me to say but if you've been there if you've experienced it if you've seen others with the same situation you'll know it. it's because you feel like you actually got permission to slow down in that situation you don't have to be vulnerable you can just say well I can't, I can't work anymore I can't do it because I'm broken because of x y and z and that's really fucked up and for me that was an enormous wake-up call a couple of years ago I actually think it was at the beginning of the pandemic so maybe two and a half years ago when I, I got really ill and again it was a it was a burnout it was an emotional burnout because I've just been going uh, so much so much so much so hard so fast and it never is really slowing down that I realized fuck like I'm ill now well at least I get like a week on the sofa where I literally can't do anything I, I'm totally exhausted in every sense of the word and any Anyone who's had burnout can resonate and identify with this. People who haven't might think, oh, well, just, just carry on working, just keep going, just suck it up. You know, burnout is an entirely different beast because you just can't. There is not a fiber of your being that can do or go anymore. I remember even getting out of bed and you know, going to try and have a coffee and, and sitting on the sofa and just falling to sleep for another four hours. And that was pretty much your day to day life for, for days and weeks uh, at a time. And the research and the literature even now shows that if you have severe episodes of burnout, you actually never fully recover from that. That will stay with you for the rest of your life in terms of psychological blocks and physiological adaptations to stop it from happening again, which is really not something that we want to happen, but something that we see and observe happening an enormous amount of a time because we have this toxic productivity because these belief systems that we've grown up with, um, and then been exacerbated and compounded by society and by social medias. And it really does not have to be this way. Okay. Now, in this situation that we've been through what it is what it feels like what the dangers are in this situation, as your coach, as the leader and that senior directing staff of the hard to kill program, the most valuable thing thing I can give to any individual here is not tactics on do some journaling or do some breath work. Advice goes in one ear and out the fucking other. What I can actually give you is most valuable is a fresh set of eyes and a new perspective. And if you're listening to this and you've been resonating and identifying with it like, holy fuck, it actually feels like he's speaking to me, then this should be the wake up call that it is that you've been looking for. This should be the fresh set of eyes and a new perspective that lets you understand that we understand, that we have seen it not only in our In years gone by, but in hundreds, if not thousands of individuals who either work with us, who have applied to work with us, it is so, 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 so common. And we are quite literally experts in creating systems to help you overcome that. And it all begins with having a fresh set of eyes and a new perspective, a new way of thinking about the problem. Because battling down the hatches, hoping that you can ignore it, that you can avoid it, that you can endure it, and you'll just rest when, and you'll just relax when, is irrelevant. Going on holidays once every year is not enough. All you're going to be is stressed and exhausted with a fucking tan, okay? It's not enough. You need a fresh perspective. You need a fresh set of eyes. And that doesn't mean you have to have a coach. That doesn't mean you have to work with those. You are able to do that yourself, but there is a core ingredient that I'm going to discuss now that's going to facilitate that for you, that's going to allow you to gain fresh perspectives. And it begins with an understanding. It begins with understanding why you can't have fresh perspectives when you are currently subscribing to toxic productivity. When your life is running away with you, and your, spe- your your thoughts are increasing in speed and cadence, and you feel like you can't slow down and you're burnt out, understand you will not get any new thoughts there at all. And there's a very good reason for that. So in order to discover and explore this, you have to know a little bit, a very small amount about the brain. And any of you who do may have before heard of the limbic system. Anybody who read The Chimp Paradox or you know some great books on emotional intelligence or, or listen to some scientists like Andrew Huberman. You'll be familiar with the limbic system. It's what we refer to as a mammalian brain or a lizard brain. And um, it's one of the most... Old parts of the brain that is associated with emotional level thinking. And it also kind of deals with, with threat and with danger. And it knows when we're being predated or hunted and stuff like that. And owing to the way that we now live our lives, where we're heavily caffeinated, we're largely sleep deprived, we have racing information, we're never slowing down, we're never pressing pause. Understand that that limbic system, that mammalian, that lizard brain, we'll call it the lizard brain for the, the purpose of today's podcast, that lizard brain is not able to decipher the difference between being hunted by wolves getting punched in the fucking face, or just being stressed out of your box with work. It doesn't know the difference. To it, it is all interpreted the same way, which is you are in danger and you need to be in fight or flight mode. Okay, there's actually a little more to fight or flight mode. It's fight, flight, freeze or fawn but for the purpose of this podcast you're going to be in fight-or-flight mode so what's going to happen there is there's a cascade of catecholamines okay so our stress hormones are through the roof and when you're in that situation understand that your limbic system does not care whether or not you are happy your lizard brain doesn't give a shit if you're fulfilled if your marriage is happy if you're productive at work if your kids respect you if you're doing well with your training it doesn't give a fuck because it can't even comprehend it it is a lizard brain so all it's going to give you in this situation when it feels it's being hunted when it's in fight or flight mode all it's going to give you are solutions that will keep you alive and what does it know has kept you alive in the past the same level of thinking that got you here in the fucking first place and this is why I say so prolifically this is why it's a hill that I'm prepared to die on on social media that the same level of thinking that created this problem is not Going to solve it. Now, you might have enjoyed an enormous amount of success getting where you are under the the belt of toxic productivity. You might be prolific at work, you might have a great business, but ultimately, if you're unhealthy and you're unhappy and you can't get any further, then it's our duty, it's your obligation to change that because you're not born to to pay bills and die. What would the 80 year old version of yourself say? So, that is why we're discussing this topic, is because we all want to be the best version of ourselves, not the fucking richest man in the graveyard. So, understand it doesn't care if you're happy. So well how can we change that? Well ultimately we can't change the neurochemistry or the biology of the limbic system that is what it is. What we have to change is our systems and how we're operating. Because if we're in fight or flight mode, the question now becomes well how do we initiate The opposite, how do we get you to calm down? Because when you calm down, you are going to get new levels of thought because your brain is currently fixated on survival because you're probably consuming too much caffeine again, which is ramping up those catecholamines because you're not sleeping enough because the stressor is work and also home life. And you're not necessarily having a third space right now because you're training too hard as well. That's also a stressor. You're not having the the spaciousness to slow all these things down. You're constantly in fight or flight. We need to find a way to get you out of that. So this is when we start looking at how can we get you into the opposite of fight or flight, which is rest and digest. So how can we calm the limbic system, and the amygdala? How can we soothe the central nervous system and get you out of a sympathetic nervous system drive into a parasympathetic nervous system drive, or PNS, or rest and digest? And ultimately, we need to moderate the stress, so we need to distance you from it a little bit. So just like if you were, if you are being hunted by wolves, what's going to calm you down? Well, either kill the wolf, but you know you're not going to go and kill your boss, you're not going to quit your job, or you need to get enough distance between you and it that you're no longer concerned about it, you're not worried about it. So we need to exactly the same. So we need to have a third space, we need to have a psychological set of ways in which we can calm ourselves down and we can forget about and we can temporarily remove that stressor so we can calm the system. And this is going to allow us to slow down. It's going to put us in rest and digest. The lizard brain is going to forget about the threat. And ultimately, over time, compounded, this is going to ensure that you're more happy, that you're more fulfilled. And a happy and fulfilled brain, guess what? Is more creative. Because when you're in the grip of of toxic productivity and this stress is really running away with you, as I've alluded to, the lizard brain has only got the capacity to give you solutions solutions that it knows will work so if in the past you had a deadline you worked really hard it solved that problem and you stayed alive that's the solution it's going to remember and that's a solution it's going to give you again but you know that's not solving the problem of burnout of strained relationships of the fact your body fat's now really high again a physiological adaptation and a response to the fact your stress hormones are high all the time that your blood pressure is through the roof that you're unfit that you are constantly craving sugar maybe caffeine alcohol smoking any one of these other unhelpful passive coping mechanisms that are all direct result of the fact that you're in toxic productivity mode we want to get you towards creative we want to get new ideas about the problem we need as a coach to give you a fresh set of eyes and a new perspective so the most powerful thing i can do is give you permission give you tools strategies systems and resources that help you understand the value of slowing down so it may activate the rest and digest side of the brain so it might activate the pns so that when you're happy and when you're fulfilled you're no longer worried about survival your brain is free to wander it has spaciousness and you can invest energy in other areas and when you do this as a direct result you will get better sleep because you're not worried about the wolf coming to fucking eat you so you're not worried about the work problems because you've created enough distance frequently between yourself and and the stressor. As a result, you know you have better sleeps, you have better moods. You'll be happier and more fulfilled in general, and other people will pick that up in you. So you will have better relationships, whether that's your romantic relationships with your wife, whether that's relationships with the children, you've got more patience and time and energy to want to play with them and listen to their day and and do things with them. Or with your colleagues, if you've got particularly problematic, or or, or, I don't want to say irritating, but for want of that phrase, irritating colleagues who come to you with problems or who are narky or neurotic, you're going to be better equipped and better able to deal with those because you've got the space from the wolf and you've been able to re-energize and replenish and refill your batteries. So you're not working on emotional exhaustion. And as a result, finally, most importantly, you're going to have better levels of thinking. So to give you a very easy analogy to have here, there's a reason why you get your best ideas and your your most amazing thoughts and opportunities when you're trying to fall asleep at night, when you're sat having a shit, when you're sorry, if that's by by the way, I'm just being honest, when you're in the shower, when you're driving driving somewhere and you're not really thinking when you're on the way back from holiday when you're a flight to holiday all these times are opportune moments when you've just you've removed yourself from the wolf so you're not thinking about the stressor and your mind is just decompressing and it's allowed to wander and there's, there's wisdom within that and this is just a very small pinprick insight as to the wisdom that you already have within you what we need to do is consistently revisit this okay so it's not enough to just allow those insights to come through in small opportune moments we want to build as diligently we have a a work ethic, we want to build a rest ethic. So when it comes to working, you largely know how to get the best from yourself, how to work really hard, how to go all in. But when it comes to rest ethic, I'd hazard a guess that you either talk yourself out of resting and do something that's productive, again, toxic productivity, or you end up fucking sitting and scrolling social media. Again, comparing yourself to people who you perceive are doing more, shame and guilt trip yourself into wanting to do more again. So understand it's just a vicious cycle that we need to get away from. We need to instigate and initiate a rest ethic of protecting our boundaries, of guarding our inputs so that you may be the most happy, fulfilled and creative version of yourself. And when you are the most happy, fulfilled and creative version of yourself, guess what, you're going to think of better solutions. So if there's been something you've been struggling with for training, in training, and you've been hitting your head against a brick wall and can't seem to break through, when you calm down, when you slow down, when you're happier, more creative, the penny will drop. Again, the same if you've got an issue at work and there's maybe a system that's flawed and it's just meaning it's costing a lot of man hours and it's very problematic and very stressful for you. And then you you cultivate this rest ethic and you kick this toxic productivity to the curb, the pain will drop. And you realize, ah, well, what if I just to have a conversation with that person and delegate a little bit over here and utilize their insight and expertise, and then we could work collaboratively on this, share the workload and solve that problem. Maybe you're having problems with your, with your missus or with your husband because they've got toxic productivity. And then you calm down, you slow down, you realize, actually, they're a really fucking great person. And maybe I've been taking advantage of them a little bit because they've been working so hard. You know what? Why don't I communicate that with them? Um, sorry, babe, can I grab you for a second? Yeah. So I've been doing X, Y, and Z, and I've finally become aware of that. And I just want to say, first and foremost, I'm hugely grateful for you secondly i apologize for having been that way and thirdly i'm committed to being the best version of myself i really appreciate your support if you see me going out of route again would you be able to just you know find a way can we build a system whereby you let me know and that might seem a little bit rigid a little bit lazy even fucking ken barlow it doesn't have to be that candid but understand that's the level that we want to think on that if we take you from a situation of, of, of toxic productivity and we're able to slow you down and initiate a rest ethic you're going to get better solutions and in the hard to kill program It's not about giving you tactics. It's not about giving you a fish we're going to lead you to a point and then teach you how to fucking fish so we co-create solutions to the problems you're dealing with like yes there are going to be times when we have to give you that insight and we have to implant that idea but we want you to work with it we want you to run with it we want you to build on it because the truth is do you want to be reading from a piece of paper the rest of your life fucking course you don't do you want to be having to ask a coach if you can go on holiday if you can eat a certain food if you can skip this training day if you can move your training sessions around fucking course you don't you want autonomy you want freedom that's what you're all aspire. To have, you want to be happy and fulfilled, and be the greatest version of yourself. You want to understand. You are the spacious to learn, to evolve, to thrive, and to be that disciplined, inspirational leader that we all aspire to be in our own lives. And guess what? That's not going to come from toxic productivity. You can't grind and hustle your way to that. You can't guilt, shame, or berate yourself to being the greatest version of yourself. You have to understand that. And again, this is the whole purpose of this podcast is to understand that you can have better solutions. You can see differently. You can. have fresh perspectives and new sets of eyes on the problem and that is largely the value of having an external perspective because something I've said so so often is that you can't read the label when you're inside the bottle so hopefully if you listen to this podcast and it's resonated with you and you relate to it and you've identified that either in yourself or in others you've now got a bit of an understanding as to what needs to happen and if you're sat there and you're freaking out and you're thinking yeah but I can't possibly slow down because bam 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 and all these different reasons understand that's probably not a truth that's probably just a belief system so simply ask yourself, well, what's the worst that can happen? Probably nine times out of 10, 9.9 times out of 10, no one's going to die. If you communicate a boundary that you just need a little bit of time off, okay, if you accept a small amount of vulnerability that you are human, and that you're worthy of time off, and that you're worthy of living a life worth living, that's going to give you the spaciousness to think of new opportunities to create new ideas and to be essentially the leader you aspire to become.